podcast with Mo. What up and welcome to a podcast with Mo. This is episode 92. On this episode, we are joined by Koopy for some book talk. Happy to have that at the beginning of every month. Keep everyone educated. Um, after that, we are joined by Rusty. He calls in. We basically talk about his story of him trying to buy a car. A whole bunch of video game talking, which is great. I enjoy it. And then, um, I don't know if, I mean, it's like buying video games, limited run games, VR games, just a bunch of video game stuff. I don't think I need to get into all the details there. Um, and then we talk about shoes, buying shoes, just a little bit at the end. So thanks for checking us out. All right. And we are joined by Koopy. I guess you need to pull your mic close. My bad. I didn't get it all set up as well as I should have. Um, so you How know what that means. That? Perfect. Okay. You know what it means when Koopy's here? It means we're talking about books, and it really means the passage of time. Another month has passed, uh, and then you're like, oh, shit. August this time. Right. Uh, and it re- this one really did go fast. Yeah. Whenever I was like, I guess you have to come on again, I was like, I really felt like we'd just done this. For another book episode. Because so. we've been busy at work. Yeah, it's very true. Um, so all I have to mention is the Patreon. So patreon.com slash a podcast with Mo. Um, you can be like Pow Wow and Hurricane Haynes and Marshall the Dharma Initiative Bear and my mother and pay enough money to get shouted out like that every episode. Or you could pay less money than them but still give me a dollar or more and get early access to the episodes. So... Um, do it because it'll make you feel good. Like you remember when we were young and I'm, they might still have them, but I don't see them anymore. But like the feed the children commercials. Yes, I do. <laughs> I know where you're going with Sorry, this. Sorry, no one can see it, but you were <laughs> waving your head no the whole time I was saying that. Um, and you would just feel good because you would assume your money was feeding that kid when actually like 82 cents out of every dollar was paying other people. But this time, you know, it's like. 90 something percent of it goes to me and to feed me so there you go patreon.com slash a podcast yeah that's a great example right <laughs> just like those kids so uh you're here to talk about the books you read this last month yes i, I read th- some good ones it was a did. really good month you for me we're very excited almost almost all of them i think yeah um, you were like three oh, out of four i read four yeah. books three out of three of them i all gave five stars which is a really good Right. Month. So um, we'll just get right into it because I know we have video game talk with Rusty on this one. So it's a big nerd uh, episode, video games and books. And books so anyway, are obviously the better choice. But well, that's a co- conversation for another video day. games are the superior medium to all mediums. But uh, books are OK. So what is the first book of your four books you read in the month of August? The first book I read was called Sorcery of Thorns by Margaret Rogerson. And it was so good. It is a young adult fantasy slash romance standalone. And so that's kind of cool. I don't read a lot of standalones these days, but it's nice to know that there's like, once you're done with it, you're just, you move on to something else. Right. But I really liked it. It could have been a longer series and I would have enjoyed it too. But it's set in a magical world where... Magic obviously exists, and but it's kind of like shunned, so to speak. People obviously have it, but they think it's connected to dark things. Right, like our world. And they have these great libraries where they hold grimoires, which are the yeah. spell books. And the main character, Elizabeth... See, I play video games, so I know what a grimoire is. <laughs> I read books, so I know what a grimoire See, is. you have they're so different. <laughs> Well, Elizabeth, the main character, is dropped off, abandoned at a library, and raised in one. And she's like the first of her kind. Most of them don't get acceptance until their teenage years to be like an apprentice. But she happened to just be raised in one. And so she's just kind of special. She understands the books in a way that nobody else does. But something terrible happens in the beginning, and she is blamed for 
the devastation and it's kind of just her trial to try to prove her innocence and save the kingdom. And then there's like a whole love story with a warlock and she is not a magical creature. So it's kind of like she was trained to believe that magic was wrong. So it's kind of like that forbidden love sort of thing. And then there's another cool character who is a demon I don't know. It was really good. And it has a cool cover. Yeah, so the cover is good. That's always what I bring to the table is I let people know the cover looks cool. Um, and again, because I know when I listen to podcasts, I'm always like, ah, shit, I wasn't listening in the beginning. So it's Sorcery of Thorns by Margaret Rogerson. Yes. And this is her second book. She has another one out there called, I think, ugh, I could be way wrong, but I think it's called An Enchantment of Ravens. And I want to read that. It looks really good. Right. And so I might have another one of her books on in the future. But I really liked it. It was easy easy paced and reading and I liked it a lot. Yeah. Well good job on that one. If you like libraries and magic, you'll really enjoy it. All right. So what was the next book on your August reading list? The Night Circus by Aaron Morgan Stern. And These people got some weird last names. <laughs> and this book is another standalone, and it's a YA book. And um, in this one, it's also a romance. It's a set around a circus, a magical circus that appears randomly in towns uh, set in London area, like England, um, in the eighteen hundreds. So, not our current day, but. It just appears randomly at nighttime and they have the best shows you could possibly see with different types of magicians and um, acrobats and performances. But then behind the scenes, it turns out that like these two instructors uh, have been training their young magicians for a contest against each other. And only one can survive, and it's kind of supposed to be a battle of magic theory, so to speak. And so you have one character um, named Marco, and Celia is the other character. And Celia is kind of the main one that you follow. But it's a love story. Who will who will win? How are they going to handle that? You know, they're not supposed to love each other. Another forbidden love. But it was good. It has a lot of hype. This was the one I would I gave four stars out of five. Right. Um, it's, so it's the low bar of the month. Yeah, it's very heavy in description. Lots of sensory detail of smells and textures and sounds and you know sights and things. So heavy on the description, less on the dialogue and action. But there's still like magic and stuff happening in there. Right. Well, magic is about all the senses. Yeah. So I get it. So anyway, not circus, fairly cool cover. Yeah, and then this is a paperback version. The r- original version, the hardback, is a little bit better. And that's the thing I'm weird about. I way prefer paperback, the mass print versions or whatever that you think mass I'm crazy. market paperbacks. Yeah. I like a good hardback. It just feels special. It's better to hold in your hands. I like a hardback. Gotcha. But I'll read anything, though. I'm not picky. Right. I really, really like the next book. Yeah, the cover is the coolest of them, I think. It is called Spin the Dawn. By Elizabeth Lim. Not spend, but spin, like S-P-I-N, spin the dawn. She's a seamstress, so spinning like you would a yarn or... A loom. A loom, yeah. And she... um, Okay, so this one is like Asian-inspired... Uh, not an hour Asia, but a fantasy version of that. Like a fantasy world, but kind of based on our Asia. Yes. Gotcha. Um, pre-industrial. And it's a mix of like Mulan meets Project Runway. It Perfect. was really, really good. And it's the first in a duology. So there will be a second one next summer that I'm eager to read. But this one follows... The main girl, um, I can never remember names. Mia, Maya, Maya, May, M-A-I-A. Uh, May, May, Maya. Maya. I don't know. Um, lots of vowels Spell- there. 
Everyone should just be named generic things in books. Well, it's um. Anyway, she is one of she's the only daughter in this family of seamstress seamsters seams sewers. Yeah, uh, cloth people. The old cloth people. (laughs) Her brother, she had some brothers that died in war, and her other brother was... Cloth war? No, no, like an imperial war. Okay. uh, Between kingdoms. And um, her other brother was left severely injured. Her father is elderly. And so she's kind of the one that's keeping the family going with the business She's this whole time. Her father is summoned to the emperor to compete in a tailor tailor that's the word a tailor contest to see who's going to be the new royal tailor for the princess who's he's he's about to marry and so she disguises herself as her brother to go and compete so that's kind of like the mulan element there and then she's battling it out against these master tailors and she's obviously really good and there's a magical element with these scissors up here. It's a special tool. Um, and that's like the first half of the book. And then there's a whole second half of the book because it's gotcha. the second half of the book. But it's really, really good. Might be my favorite book of the month. Okay. I read it way faster than I thought I was reading it. Right. So I don't know if that makes sense, but like I read it really quickly. But as I was reading it, it didn't feel like I was like. I understand. That makes it sound bad. No, no. I think it, it makes sense. Okay. I really liked it, though. And I'm right, looking so forward Spin to it. Spin the Dawn by Elizabeth Lim. But L-I-M. There's no B. Lim. Yeah. L-I-M. So, um, all right. And what is the last book of the month? The last book is House of Salt and Sorrows. Also cool. But you had all cool covers this month. Yeah. You really judged books by covers well. Well, three of the four or yeah, three of the four books were Alcrate books. So right. I didn't pick them at all. They were picked for me. I see. I see. Uh, and this one was an Alcrate book for August, House of Salt and Sorrow by Aaron A. Craig. And it is so good. It is a fairy tale uh, retelling of the 12 dancing princesses um, set in a salty, stormy setting. It's an island uh, castle. Um, and her father is remarried to this their stepmother, and so it's Annalie is the main girl you follow, and her she had twelve sisters, but four of them have died by the time that the book opens, and so it's like there's a curse on the family, and her mother died, so it's like there's this curse, and um, the girls are tired of being in mourning and so they decide that they're going to have a ball and um try to meet some suitors or whatever and so that's kind of where the starting point of the novel takes off but it gets way creepier and it's way weirder like because you're wondering how are why are all these sisters being killed and so it has like this murder mystery aspect to it but also with a lot of cool really uh beautiful dresses and right. costume, like very descriptive on like what everyone's wearing, and there's some love stories in there. Everything always has a love story, but yeah, for some reason everything has to. It was really good, and I think yeah, this was a standalone as well. So I had three standalones and right. only one continuing book, and it's still like the first one. So yeah, so well, cool. It was a really good reading month. Are you, do you think you'll be able to keep it going for the rest of the year? Because well, things are busy. This is, I've just, I'm on my 40th book. And the goal is to read 20 more by the end of the month, or by the end of the year. So you have four months for that? Yeah. So that's five books a month? Yes. All right, well. I got to step it up because I only read four. This right. <laughs> and it seems like you would be able to around Christmas because you'll have a break, but we're busy in that time, so I don't know, you know. Same with November. I have a week off in November, but you never know. Right. So, yeah, you'll need to step it up. Pick shorter books. Yeah. Read some pamphlets. <laughs> Count those. But I really like these books, and if you want to see pictures of them, you can check out my Instagram page. Yeah, your Instagram is a big deal these days. Your big uh, bookstagram page famous bookstagram person no i'm not uh, 
It is a.treasury.of.books. That's right. And I will tag you in this episode. So if someone happens to listen to me and follow me, uh, I'll I'll tag you, of course. Yeah. So. Come talk books with me. Yeah. She loves the books. All right. Well, I'm going to get off here because I know I have a lot of Rusty. All right. We always go long. Enjoy so. the video game talk next. All right. Thanks for coming on. Bye. So if you have any questions, suggestions, or corrections, please email us at a podcast with Mo. That is a p o d c a s t w i t h m o at gmail.com. Perfect. Boom. All right, and we are back. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give my cousin Rusty a call. Hello, hello. Hey, what's up, cuz? Not much, man. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, sounds really crisp today compared to last time, so that's good. Hey, perfect. I don't know what we did, but figured it out. <laughs> uh, I know it was kind of hard getting us on the phone here or on the podcast because uh, you had you did some stuff today. So what? You went and bought a car. How'd that go? Yeah, uh, it didn't happen. <laughs> um, so. So we went to, like, I've been looking for a minivan, uh, you know, since we were having the baby in November, it's going to be our third child, uh, just needed a bigger, bigger car. So, uh, been searching for a while and there's this one place, this one dealership that, um, kind of smaller thought, Hey, you know, we need a, we really need to check this place out. So we go and uh, we kind of have minivans narrowed down to either uh, a Kia, a Toyota, or a Honda. And uh, this place had two Hondas, Honda Odysseys, and one had 20,000 miles on it, but it had like no power options. So like the sliding doors on the side, you had to like pull them, you know, open and stuff like that. And then the other one had all these power options and like a DVD player and all this other stuff. And it had 40,000 miles and they were both priced exactly the same. So we get, we get there and we test drive them both. And we decide that we kind of like the one with all the power options, except for like, there's a, a spot. Somebody had spilt some, uh, looked like maybe toenail polish or fingernail polish, something like that. Right. Right. In the back seat. And, uh, the person couldn't tell me what it was or if their detailer could get it out or anything like that. Uh, but anyways, we, we go and we're like, well, we think we like it. Can you come down on the price at all? Cause they're wanting, uh, 20,000 bucks for it. Right. And we're like, well, you know, it has a stain. It's still got 40,000 miles on it. You know, maybe go down to 18. They're like, no, we don't haggle here. I was like, well, we're going to think about it. And we kind of we kind of sat around, think about it, and then like we walked out, and we're like, you know what, let's go ahead and get it. And so there's a there's another dude. He comes over and he looks at the car right about the time that my wife is is getting ready to go go back inside and tell him that we want it. And uh, get inside, they're like, oh, you know what, um, somebody else wants to test drive it, so we can't sell it to you until. You know, we let him test drive it and stuff. Well, he test drives it. He comes inside and goes straight back to financing. So uh, we we left, and then I get a text saying, yeah, we just sold that one. I was like, well, of course you did. <laughs> like, right. Yeah, that is so. crazy uh, that it would happen that way. And now I keep trying to think of, like, what is the cost value of 20,000 miles versus power options? Because it's interesting they're priced the same thing, you know. Right, right, yeah, and honestly, like interior-wise and stuff like that, the one with twenty thousand miles is is in way better shape because you know there's been less driving in it. Right. Um, well, it driver seems like seat it was probably a, like a church van versus a van for kids. Like when I think right. of the power <laughs> options or whatever, right? You imagine like the church van, you had to manually move that thing back and close it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I told my wife, I was like, you know, like 
I, I don't know if you remember my little escort that I got whenever yeah. uh, I was getting ready to go off to college and stuff. Um, well, that one, like whenever I went and got it, I got something without any power windows or anything because I was like, all oh, that stuff's going to break. And you know what happens whenever you go into something with that mindset? You immediately regret it whenever you're having to crank open those windows every time. Right, uh, yeah. Yeah, you did still have the, the no power options pretty <laughs> pretty deep into the game of everything had it. Yeah. So so uh I was like I was like, I think I, I'd rather have the power doors, this like especially the sliding on the side. Right. You know? Yeah. But definitely. uh but yeah, I don't know. Twenty thousand bucks, you know. I, I hope that uh, the lady that was showing us cars got some kind of commission on that because, honestly, the dude wasn't in the vehicle yet. She probably should have sh- sold it to us, right? Right. Um, I've never heard of that being the case. Just because somebody looked at it and wanted to test drive it, you wouldn't sell it to it's somebody like, else. Well, guess what? I'm buying it now, so they can't test drive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you just let that other salesperson get a commission over you. Right. Good job. <laughs> Dumbasses. Uh, <laughs> let's see. I do want to say, um, because you like video games, I like video games, and I don't get to talk about them enough. Um, I beat Dead Cells last night. Like, got through the, So, like, uh, people are familiar with the game. Uh, it's like, it looks like a Super Nintendo game, but, like, way cooler. Uh, and there's, like, levels to it, right? So, like, I finally got to the last level, beat the last boss. But I think if I beat the game five times, it unlocks another part. So, it's like, I think there is more to do. But for the first time, I got through the game and rolled credits. And I felt like such a badass about it because it's a pretty tough game. Uh, anyway, I just, I'm, I'm glad about it. And it is a it's a sandbox game, right? So every time you play through it, it's not it's not the same. The levels are a little different and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it's I guess what they call roguelite, roguelike. I don't know, something like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, you're right. So it's the same setting, but yeah, it's different every time. You can't memorize the map or whatever. Um, and you just have a a sword. Well, you have two op. There's three different things. There's uh, melee weapons bows or range weapons and then shields and you have two spots and then you can have any combination you can have two melee weapons and two shields i guess if you wanted to you, know, you can do whatever you want but with that um that's <laughs> like uh, and then you have two traps or grenades you know whatever you find there and uh, you just run around trying to kill things but it's just a hard game you know it's you got to dodge a lot and block stuff and i don't know it's it was just no. tough. it's kind of like dark souls but in 2d is actually how a lot of people describe it but I okay. hate Dark Souls, and I love this game, so I don't know if I would describe it that way. Uh, but I highly recommend it. It's on everything. I think it's on Switch. I know you're a big yeah. Switch lover. I, I actually have it. I just haven't played it yet. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so I'll be honest. I'm really surprised what happened. Like I played it nonstop when it first came out because a friend of mine told me it was – his new Binding of Isaac. And Binding of Isaac's one of my favorite games just from a gameplay standpoint because it's a dumb loop and it's really hard, but when you win, you you know, good sense of accomplishment. And so I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm going to try this game out. And it was really hard. And I just, I couldn't make it past, um, there's this, I can't remember his name, the Corsierge or something. Um, and I beat him like three times ever, but I pretty much when I got to him, I was going to die. And that's like the halfway mark or whatever. And, then whenever I picked the game up uh, after, I guess what I play, Felsil, Arbiter's Mark, after I beat that game, I was like, well, I'll just play around at some games. And I just was kicking ass. I was just destroying everything. Uh, I think they had to release an update that just made it easier or something. Because, like, I don't hmm. know, I just killed it. I was just, I was way better at the game. And then so in the last week or so, I have turned that into, I beat the game. So I was like, yes, now I feel like a god. Well, you know, fail, fail seals gave you a, a little bit of a hard time, didn't it? So, so oh, maybe yeah. it just it just stepped up your your playing skill, right? Well, this is a Twitch based though, and fail seal was more of like a strategy and grind. It was like old school, like oh yeah, you got to put in four hours today to beat this thing tomorrow. Yeah, it was <laughs> one of the, and I was like, I'm not used to that. Um, I don't know what happened. Maybe it was Rocket League. I've been playing a lot of Rocket League with Pow Wow, and you know that's a pretty Twitch based game. So maybe that oh, yeah. got me in the mood or whatever. I don't know. Your, your hand-eye coordination was just on point. Yeah. Now he's are making beats. Uh, somehow that has to translate. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. No, I, uh, video game wise, I've been playing, uh, uh, fire emblem three houses. 
Yeah, it looks good. If I get a Switch ever, I'll probably try that one out. It, it's fun. It was a little off-putting at first, right? Because, like, there's no, like, character customization. You pick, do you want to be a male or a female? Um, and and that's that's pretty much it. But, like, you go in and you're kind of leading a house. So, so, you know, it's Fire Emblem Three Houses. So there are three different houses, um, and they each kind of, like, have their own little niche. So, so you got one that's a kingdom, one's an empire, and then the other one's a like a social class uh, ruling mm-hmm. type thing. So, so you get in there, and like one of the first things I did, like whenever I went into this academy to teach the, the, these kids, is meet this other professor, and she's like she's like scantily dressed a little bit, right? And uh, she starts hitting on me. And I was like, ah, oh, this is one of those JRPGs, like, right from the beginning. Right. And, and so, like, I, I say stuff to off-put her. And she's like, ah, oh, how dare you? Like, it's like, yeah, not into that part. I just want to do the combat, you know, get out there and fight stuff. Right. But I'm not trying to do the dating sim aspect of this. Right, right. I'm not up for that. And then even, like... I don't know. I pr- I'm probably 20 hours into it, and there's this one part where it's like, "Oh, you want to go up to the uh, the the I think it's called like the prayer tower or something." I was like, "Sure, let's go up there instead of going to this ball and dancing with people." So I choose to go up there. I get up there, and one of one of the students comes out and is like, "Oh, did you hear that? If you meet here on the night of the ball, you can make a vow and find your." eternal soulmate and she's like looking at me and i'm like no i click no (laughs) and and it's like it's like oh bummer and she like walks away and she's like "Ah, i hope the goddess didn't hear me like i was like what in the world is wrong with you (laughs) right it reminds me very much of persona which i enjoy the persona series but there's times where i'm like i shouldn't be playing this weird shit yeah (laughs) it's like senpai I I could be your slave, and you're like, wait, did that get translated correct? What are they? What are these people oh, trying to say? It, it probably did. <laughs> right. it, it probably actually got mistranslated as like, I'll be your slave with octopus tentacles, so, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, Some weird stuff like that. Something I brought up on an episode that came out a couple days ago, and I don't remember if I cut it with Snappy or not because I brought it up. He looked at me like he had no idea what I was talking about, but I might have kept it in, so I don't really remember. But I'm going to bring it up again. Um, the other day I was thinking about the video game rock and roll racing and I know that you are familiar with that game because we both really enjoyed it growing up. Um, I would love another rock and roll racing or even in that style. And I guess Mario Kart, and that's kind of said before is that style in a way, but it didn't have the RPG elements. And I just, I don't know. Rock and roll racing was so good. I just don't understand how it, we don't have a racing game in that, uh, field, you know? Yeah. Uh, So I, I'll have to go check because I think I saw um, a little snippet of like a, just a downloadable game, you know, a real small one Mm -hmm. that was exactly like it. Like you picked up oil slicks and rockets and you just laid them around. Right. Uh, So, so I'll go check into that because I did remember seeing that and thinking rock and roll racing, but like, I, I think the, the problem with like, games that try to do that now is i think people expect more customization because like if you remember that and then i think it was a it was either a need for speed or a top gear game top gear 2 was the other super nintendo game that you own that we played a lot (laughs) yeah so so like those games whenever it came to customization what did you do you had suspension engine and body style like right you know and that, that was, was it actually the next thing i bring up like rock and roll racing i remember every like planet or whatever you went to um and you got a new type of vehicle so it started off oh by the way um it's like an isometric uh blizzard made racing game but you shot rockets and like i said oil spills different things like that um, but between the races you could use your money to buy like armor upgrades or to get mm-hmm. more rockets, like you spent your money basically leveling up, you know, your skill tree, if you will. But then it would like reset because then once you cleared that, then you had these like hovercrafts. And then that was none of your upgrades from the car carried over. So you had to restart it. But like you're saying, it didn't 
the only thing you could change was your color. You got to decide what color your car was, if I remember yeah. correctly. And uh, everything else, you know, was pretty much you look just like all the other cars. But I remember we played that game a lot. And then, yeah, Top Gear 2, I remember that one because you were you like upgraded your brakes, your suspension, like like all these car parts that I don't know about. I'm a little kid. Um, and then I think you do the color of your car, but it made it seem like that's my car. Cause I'm doing the upgrades and that might be right. why I like custom. Like, I love customization in video games always have. And it might've be from those early, early times where you could do that. And you're like, yes, I even remember, I, I, uh, what was it? Uniracers, a unisoccer <laughs> game that we had on super Nintendo. Yeah. Or, and <laughs> you could choose the color of your unicycle. And even that I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> I just enjoyed that for whatever reason. It was very realistic too, just riding that unicycle <laughs> yeah. through loops and twisting and uh, doing tricks. <laughs> by the there was no uh, actual rider on the unicycle. If anyone hasn't seen uh, Uniracers, it was just a unicycle uh, alive on its own. And yeah. then it was great, though. It was pretty good. It's it's all those games that I'm hoping so so there's a rumor out there that the Nintendo Online right now um, they they release like every month three or four uh, regular Nintendo games mm-hmm. and your subscriptions are for a year right so so my year is coming up so so we're going into year two of this uh, online subscription since they've had it out right and there's a rumor that. They're going to start adding uh, Super Nintendo games into that online service, right? And so, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping some of those classics come back. But you never know because there's a lot of like copyright issues and stuff like that because not all of them were put out by Nintendo, all this other stuff. So if it happens, we'll see what they release. Um, right. I'm so looking forward to because there's been plenty of consoles, you know, that you can download some classics. But none of them have ever carried over, you know. Mm-hmm. For, uh, so, like for instance, on you know the PS3, I owned every Final Fantasy game that they sold, you know, in the, as a classic. And then I can still play those on a Vita if I, you know, if my Vita wasn't broke. But I can't on my PlayStation Four, you know. And so it's like, well, that's dumb. So anything I bought there, and like my, I had a Nintendo Wii for a moment. I bought a few classic games there when they first launched that service, the Virtual Console. But then I heard like once you got a Wii U. You had to like pay money to upgrade it to that. And then now if you have a switch, none of that carried over either. And it's like, right, right. I just yeah, want to own all the classic games. Cause I would, I would probably buy every game. I have good memories attached to, I'd be like, yep, let's get it and put it in the library. Even if I don't play it right away, I would that just, I think how I would do it personally. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that was a big complaint in the way they do things now, because, you know, we area era, like you'd go online, yeah, you like Mario, you'd spend like three, six bucks, you know, get Mario, and then you'd own it. It's yours. Um, whereas now, like, you know, they release the three games, and do I really care about Bubble Bubble? Right. Not really. You know? I remember I playing it with uh, – I remember going to Deuce House and playing it, and you're like two little dragons or whatever. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't. I didn't own it. So, yeah, I would agree. Uh, I, I don't understand a lot of – I like the idea of the future where every digital thing is just every game ever, but I just don't know if it will ever get to that. You know, I think it's going to be a bunch of subscription services. It's probably yeah. probably going to be what happens. Kind of like the new uh, new one that's coming out, um, Stadia. Yeah, the Google, Google Stadia. Stadia. And that uh, one's weird because apparently you have to like, and I don't know all the details exactly, but you have to buy hardware because you have to buy the Google controller, and then mm-hmm. it can hook up to a bunch of different computers. So you don't have to buy a console, I guess, but then you pay like a monthly subscription service to have access to the service. So that's like your Amazon Prime, if you will. And then you have to pay money for access to each game. Right, right. So so the the way the way I've seen it is like – the hardware is like 120 bucks, something like that. Um, and then, and then the subscription, there's a, there's a, actually a free subscription, but it, it doesn't give you all the access that, that you'd really want. You know, you can't do 4k gaming or anything like that. Um, but then there, then there is one that's like 
10, 10 bucks a month, something like that. And it gives you access to the 4K streaming, but you still have to buy the games and the games aren't ch- cheap. They're, they're like full price games. So you could still go out and have to spend 60 bucks on a game. Right. And even um, maybe more, there's rumor right now that the next gen games are going to be more than $60, ugh. which I mean, me as a person who buys them, I don't want to hear that, but it makes sense. I mean, they used to go up $10 every generation or whatever, or for a while they sure. did. Um, I guess Super Nintendo games are really expensive, but I, I'll i bet on almost anything. I never got any new games like that. You know what I mean? It was like we went to flea markets and secondhand stores for those. I don't think – I never feel like we went into a store to buy a Super Nintendo game for whatever reason in my memory. Um, Dude, I'm the same way. I uh... – I don't remember ever buying a Super Nintendo game. Like, you, you, I can picture the boxes in my head, right. but I don't think I've ever, I don't remember ever buying one from a store. Right. And I remember Sega, the only Sega game I got from a store was the game Six Pack. And that's only got it from a store. I know that because my mom got it for me for Christmas. And I went to the store and asked them if they had any. And the guy told me yes. My mom told me they were out. And that's how I learned <laughs> the big secret. So, and then you realized that's when parents lied to save money. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, I remember PlayStation 1 and Nintendo 64 being when I really would like start looking at stuff. And Game Boy Color. I remember me and you got Game Boy Colors on the same day. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, this is excellent. Um, world changing. Um, trying to think of any other video game news. I'm going to be pretty lost into this NBA 2K world eventually. But I need to play other games alongside of it. You know, it's I personally don't like playing just a sports game. I like to kind of play it with something else. So I don't feel like so I can keep my nerd nerd going. So did have you heard some of the stuff around the the next 2K? I know. I don't guess so. So so, uh, anyways, there's this big thing out in Europe where like a lot of these places won't let certain games be released into their market because they have a, what they call a lottery system. Right. Right. And and 2k games have it all the time. Like with the cards or whatever you buy the card pack, it'll give you like certain haircuts and whatever. Right. Um, well, so, so there's been this huge battle out there. Well, the new, uh, 2k 20, um, it, it straight up has, uh, a slot machine, <laughs> like like there's no there's no lottery behind the system, right? It's just a slot machine. You like pull the lever down and everything. They actually so, introduced that last year because um, you would just go wait in line and then you'd pull your lever and get your rewards. Now I will say I didn't have to pay anything to use the slot machine. You just each got one free slot machine usage a day. Now maybe there was an option okay. to use stuff. I don't know. I didn't. I don't yeah, mess around with all that or something. too much. To me, and this is the thing I don't like about the 2K thing, I just wish what you use to up to make your guy better was a different currency than what you use for everything else. Like if that uh, makes, like okay. I don't like having to choose like make my guy better or get cool shoes cuz guess what? I'm going to make my guy better every time. Like I don't care what the what his shoes look like, you know? So and right. I I don't like the fact people can pay money to make their guy better. Like it does cap out. Like you don't think you can get above like an 80 or something, you know, without playing real games. So there is a limit to what you could spend real money on to make your guy better. Uh, But I wish it was completely separate. Like I wish you had to earn your actual skill level and there was no way to buy, you know, coins to enhance that. Yeah. I think, I think stuff like that's probably what has me nervous whenever you say that the next generation might have a higher price tag. Right. Right. Cause there's no way I want to spend 75 bucks on a game. That's just trying to nickel and dime me. Right. Well, um, on I, the side. I think the only way it would work in my perfect world would be like the game says, all right, it's $80, but we guarantee no microtransactions, you know, no yeah. DLC. Like this is it. This is the full game. But and some games go above and beyond because I think, you know, uh, like I always talk about fighting games. I never would pay $60 for a fighting game. I just don't. To me, there's not enough content there for that price tag. Um, mm-hmm. But some people do. But then again, like Red Dead Redemption 2 is probably like two games or three games worth of content. And they didn't charge us, you know, $120 for it. So I think, you know, 
big RPG adventure games or whatever are always going to have to give you more time or whatever than short action games. Like action games and sports games get away with doing very little. Right, um, right. For and, whatever reason. And I feel like I feel like the current generation is is hit and miss with that, right? Like so so Fire Emblems, I bought that for uh, 50 bucks and it supposedly has like 80 hours of, of gameplay. I bought 2K19 for 20 bucks and it has pretty much unlimited gameplay, right? right. But it, it has all the your the desire painter. has to be there <laughs> to yeah. make that happen. Yeah. So, and then a uh, um, a couple other games I got recently. Uh, you know, they were twenty, thirty bucks each, and and they probably have uh, I don't know, probably twenty hours each on there. So, so I feel like I'm getting my money's worth there. Right. Um. But then, like, yeah, like you said, fighting games. Um, I saw the Mortal Kombat 11 or whatever it is out there. Like, they they release the game, and I think it was a full price game. Yep, it was, and then they want you to buy the expansion packs to add characters to it and stuff. Well, if I'm going to go online and play a game, a fighting game online, like I'd like to think that there's a way for me to have all the same characters that everybody else has without having to pay for it. Right. And I want to say to me, they just used to do it too well though. You know, like when they had that crypt system and at least there Mm -hmm. you had to unlock it through the crypts, you know? Yeah. Like they always had a way to do it. Um, And I think they have something similar to that, but because I, I remember Mortal Kombat caught some flat because you had to play like 13,000 hours to unlock everything or something like that. Like there was some crazy uh, story that came out about it. And I was like, man, yeah, that's why I just don't. But I'm pretty good at waiting for sales. Like I said, this uh, NBA game I'm going to get because I, I just happen to really enjoy it. Uh, but I'm lately have been good since I've gotten into making music and video games have like dropped down a peg on importance in my life. Mm-hmm. It's I have to really talk myself into spending full price on a video game these days, but it takes very little to talk me into spending $10 on a video game. You know, like if I go on the <laughs> online sale and I'm like, well, that's $10 and I may never play it. You know? <laughs> I'm just like, well, at least you have it. Right. Right. So like, for instance, uh, I think it was two days ago, banner saga three. Cause, uh, the banner saga trilogy is sold as a trilogy on the switch. Um, and it is also on the PS4 now as well. But I bought, and this is kind of dumb. I don't like when this happens. Banner Saga 1 came out. I bought it the first day because I heard about it, right? And I was pretty excited. And then Banner Saga 2 and 3 come out. And then they release a trilogy. And then the trilogy would always be on sale. But I'm like, but I don't need it. I already have one, <laughs> you know? So I wouldn't buy the trilogy. And then I would wait until I, when 2 finally went on sale, I bought it. And then I finally three went on sale this week. And so instead of paying $30 for it, I paid like $10 for it. And eventually I'll get around to beating that. I try to start playing it, but I forgot how sad and hard and not happy that game is. I don't know. It, it is. All, all the background is like icy winter and people dying of famine. Yeah. And you're, you got your your little tribe or whatever you're marching across the land with and they're like struggling for food and somebody's always about to kill them. (laughs) Yeah. See the first time I played it, um, you know, I played it with no experience of course. And all my people were dying because I was out of supplies and stuff. And it was like that. And then my second playthrough, I was going for, there's a trophy of, uh, never run out of food or never have people die of starvation. So I was like, Oh, that's possible. I'm going to try that. And then so, cause there's like a, a alternate ending you can get. So that one, that playthrough, my, I did awesome cause no one was dying and stuff. So that set me up a little bit, but it's a hard game. So if anyone likes hard games, uh, the banner saga trilogy is a uh, definitely also a recommendation, but it's not fun. Not necessarily. Fun. <laughs> not fun, and it's not quick. If you're one quick gameplay, it's oh, yeah. not quick. <laughs> oh yeah, because the like giants walk so slow, and you're like, "Are you serious?" I know it. I know it. Just <laughs> teleport them to where the square I want them to go. I don't need it. I don't need to watch them walk. Yeah, it, it is pretty oh. crazy. So, I I've got uh, I've got to tone down my game buying a little bit. Like uh, the game I'm playing now. I bought whenever it came out. So, you know, that was like three, four weeks ago, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit longer. But since then, I've bought three other games that I haven't even touched. So 
Uh, I don't have I talked to you about limited run games before? I don't think so. So limited run games, they take uh, digital only games and they put them on cartridges and sell them off. And and I'm kind of a fan of this because like, you know, some of these smaller studios, if they ever decide to stop publishing these games, right. they'll take them down off the e-store and then they're just gone. Or like, kind of like a Telltale. You know, I don't necessarily love the Telltale games, but, you know, all their stuff went under. And now you can't buy any Telltale games in yeah. digital stores. Yeah. Yeah, so so if even if you did buy it and you like deleted it off and you try to go re-download it, I don't I don't think it's there anymore, right? Um, it's different. There have been issues that that scenario has happened, but normally they let you re- still download it um, if it's in your library saved. That okay, way. so so anyways, limited run. They they go on these uh, digital only games and they I don't know if they get some kind of copyright or what. But uh, they'll they'll put them on a cartridge and then they'll mail them out. And they don't just like – so most Switch games that you get, there's no booklet in there, nothing. There's no like material that they put in with the game. It's just the one little game cartridge in a box. Right. But with uh, limited run games, they usually put a booklet in there. That's cool. Yeah. So, so you get some kind of insert, lets you know that it's a special edition, limited run type thing. And once they they sell out, they're sold out. They don't re-release them or anything like that. Um, you can get some games from Best Buy that they, they get a contract with Best Buy for. Like I got, uh, I got Golf Story. Oh yeah. That uh, looks really Best cool. Buy. That's another one I would want to get on Switch. Yeah. So, so, uh, that one I got from Best Buy, I haven't played it yet. Um, there's a game out there that's kind of like Dead Cells. It's called The Messenger. It's kind of like Dead Cells meets uh, Ninja Gaiden. Ah, actually, I think <laughs> uh, I, I know exactly where you're talking. I haven't played it, but I have seen it. Uh, the Messenger. yeah, so so I got that one. That one came in the mail yesterday. Um, and then I got a, uh, I got another game. It's not a limited runs game, but it's uh, it's collections of mana. So. There's like three collections of mana games included. Um, the first one's called Final Fantasy, and then uh, then it goes over to like Mist of Mana or something like that. Anyways, there's three games there, so I got that one. Haven't played it yet. Uh, then I also ordered a game. I believe it's called uh, Trap Switch. Oh, is that the Have- old Sega game or whatever? The one they said would never release on Nintendo. Is this correct? Uh, so so this one's similar. It's like the old so, video, yeah, uh, like VCR looking stuff. Yeah. So so it's it, it's like that, but it's like the sequel to the one you're talking about, ah, right? Gotcha. And so it has a uh, uh, one of the dudes from like early '80s movies on there, Corey uh, Corey, Corey something. Uh, or the I don't think it's Corey. Feldman. It's it's his uh, his Corey. friend that died. Uh, man, someone out there knows it. That's yelling yeah. at a speaker. Anyways, so it has him on there, but it, yeah, it's the videos play, and you're like trying to flick these switches to guide events in this house or something. So I got that one. That one's on pre-order, so it should be out in November. Um, and then I got a Turok and Turok Two on pre-order. Um, so, so those are coming in, in, in December, I believe. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm just buying all these games and I'm, I, I probably won't get around to playing them at all anytime soon. Yeah. Hopefully so. some of your kids like video games someday so they can get some use out of it. That, yeah, hopefully. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> or they'll hate them. I don't them. think they'll like, like the games nerd. I'm buying. <laughs> nerd, we don't play video games here. <laughs> That's all right. It, hopefully though, like... Cause you, I don't know. Have you ever gone into one of these like retro game stores and like looked at the price of like some of the regular Nintendo games and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that eventually I just have this collection, especially with some of these uh, limited run games and stuff like that. That I have like this collection that looks and people are like, oh, it's almost a complete collection, and they're like, this is amazing and it's beautiful and it's something worth something. Right. To somebody. <laughs> That's a goal. Uh, I've, I've been going all digital lately only because uh, the promise is that everything carries over. 
So I really hope it does. It's definitely taken a lot of um, a lot of games where I was like, oh, I got to hurry up and beat that. Now that I'm like, oh, it'll be on the PS5. Apparently, it's going to roll over. Uh, so I don't feel like that uh, pressure anymore, you know, to have to do it for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That I mean, there's there's benefits to that, especially if like hard drive space and things like that keep going the route they're going right. where things are just cheaper. Right. I like, want to say, um, if I remember correctly, the specs, and of course these aren't final cause they're just leaked, uh, information is that the PlayStation and Xbox hard drives are going to be smaller on the next systems than they are on the current gen systems. Huh? So that must mean they like, they'd almost have to pay for a cloud service at that point. Right. Yeah, I would think so. Like I have PlayStation plus, you know, which is like their online thing. Um, and it has cloud saving in the, you know, you save shit in the cloud and it's a lot. I don't even think about it. I just pay it every year because it comes, it's due around my birthday and I'm like, oh shit, let me pay this. And I pay for a year yeah. of it and don't even think about it. Um, and so I never worry about running out of memory. I keep my games clean. The only games installed on my console right now are games I, I want to play or they're like really small and I might play them. Kind of like Binding of Isaac, like I mentioned earlier. Rocket League's on a very large game, so I keep that on there. Um, mm-hmm. but I delete everything and then just re-download it if I need it. Like, I don't have a problem doing that, but I know some people, their internet's not good enough to, for that's viable, you know, to, to do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to spend 16 hours downloading a game that you want to play today. Right. So, uh, for instance, like I've, I've re-downloaded Grand Theft Auto five before and it's so big now cause they've just had so many updates, you know, to the online stuff. And it's like a three-day thing. I mean, it's like if I really want to play it, I got to download it. And then when I get it, I'll play it for like a day and then delete it. And I enjoy that game. But once I've beaten a game, it's just hard for me to go back to it unless it's like just so nostalgia-driven, you know, like something I just loved and I haven't played it in a while. Kind of Dark Cloud. I platinum Dark Cloud a couple months ago and or whenever that was. And I was like, well, I have to do this because I loved it as a kid, so I'm going to do it, you know. But I can't just go (laughs) back and like replay a game I – just happened to play you know, like a year ago or something. So yeah, I get you. I, I get you. I, I'm, I'm the same way. <laughs> really? It, it's hard. Uh, I've told a lot the way to get me in the video game or like really into it. I think is if I got a VR headset, if I got a VR headset, mm. I think I would get pretty deep into it again, where I'd be like, I want to buy more games. I got to see what this world has to offer. Like, yeah. You, I just think it seems ta- so cool. I think you've been talking about uh no man's sky. Yeah. VR. Oh yeah. It looks so cool. I went back and tried to replay No Man's Sky before this newest update, before they added the VR to it, because they've done other stuff. Uh and it's I'd done like the survival mode because I was like, well, I've already beat it on normal. And it was so hard that I just felt like an idiot for even trying it. And then I deleted it off my system. But if I ever get a VR headset, I'll get back into it. And I also want to play this game called Beat Saber, where I guess your arms are lightsabers. And then you're like slicing blocks to the music beats. And I'm like, this looks <laughs> awesome. I don't, I don't see how anyone wouldn't love this. <laughs> if I had my own reality, that would be my reality. Lightsaber arms. <laughs> exactly. They get robot legs. Um, Dude, VR is interesting. I, I hope that because PlayStation's really the only one doing it on a console. Right. So it'll be interesting to see what they do next gen gen with it. See, I've also because I do I know the PlayStation one. Uh, they say is not great because it's like 720p in each eyeball or some shit. You mm-hmm. know, it's not as good as the other ones. But the Oculus Quest is one you don't. It doesn't have to tot anything. It's self-contained one head unit. Um, and a lot of people have talked about how it's really good. And it's probably will be the one that can get casual people to use it. Cause like I say, you don't have to hook it up to your computer or hook it up to a PlayStation. I mean, it's just on your head and it's all there, you know? So that's pretty nifty idea as well. So someday, um, I will, maybe if I start selling beats, I'll have money to do shit and I can I, buy VR stuff. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't understand like, uh, how VR works in, in a lot of instances. Like, I, I see these videos of people out there in like a VR chat room and it's just like they, they pull whatever up, right? Like, Oh, I want to look like knuckles from Sonic. Right? right. And and so they create that person, but then they like, 
are able to just pull out a a bomb or something and throw it at somebody. And I'm like, how do you control all that in VR? How does that all work? Right. Like, to me, the square button had to be make bomb. Uh, you know, <laughs> there has to be some limitations yeah. here. Uh, yeah. I, my favorite VR video I've ever seen, and I don't know if it's real. I think uh, it might have been, you know, someone made it and then they just claimed it was in VR. But it's like supposed to be a first person shooter and someone, you know, is like trying to point blank range shoot you, but you grab up and grab the clip out of their gun. Hmm. And then like, so then they don't have any ammo and then the guy gets mad and he grabs his ammo and then you grab it back out of his hand. And it's like, that would be so funny if like first person shooter games in VR were people wrestling over ammo clips. Like it yeah. just didn't even have anything to do with the shooting anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, you give me that ammo clip. Right. No, no, I'm not giving it to you. It's in my back pocket. <laughs> right. So I just, I don't know. I'm, ex- I'm interested to see what happens. I mean, I love uh, old games too. I'll probably play games, you know, forever and all that. But uh, I, I would have thought that, uh, you know, whenever Ready Player One came out, that that would have been like something that like, all these companies are like, yeah, we want our VR to be that, right? Right. Well, Oculus, uh, apparently they make everyone who works there when they first start read Ready Player One. And I love that movie. It's my favorite book. The movie, they just made it a video game movie. Like, I don't think they did yep. a good enough job making it. I mean, the story's just better in the book. And I get there's like a few quote unquote adult moments, you know, like there's a. He, like, uh, gets in a low place and buys, like, a sex machine, right? And they kind of go into detail about it. But it's funny, but you kind of need it for the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. They just don't go into what the what made the story good, I don't feel like. They just went on, like, oh, it's a video game world, and we could do cool graphics. And it's like, well, yeah. that's not really what, the, what it was about. And it didn't really even show off the VR technology. It was just like, okay, now we're in a world. And it's like, ah, but, like, in the book, you get the sense, like, his life is that goddamn VR, you know, thing because he's such a poor kid. It takes him to this whole other place and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, they the the poverty of the people wasn't really explained too well, right? Like, right. you got the image of trailer house upon trailer house upon trailer house stacked up, you know, in the stacks or whatever. But like, exactly how day to day life was. And why there was this big push for a resistance and stuff like that. Um, I think you just kind of had to connect the dots. Right. And it's hard for me to imagine, right, watching it without uh, having read the books. But, yeah, they just – they didn't get onto why any of it was important. And I don't think the actor they got was very sympathetic. I don't know. In the book, he's like a chubby, not – cute kid right i don't know there's something about him he's supposed to be like a a nerd not cool guy and they went with a dude that's like i don't know just didn't fit that in my opinion right right stupid ready player one (laughs) he could run fast enough to to miss falling houses or something right (laughs) Um, he didn't know what the struggle would be really like i know he had no idea um all right man i think that's about all i had unless you got something you need to bring up here Dude, there's so much going on. You know, I had the car thing. Uh, Just something real quick off a video game topic. Yeah. What is your thought on shoes? Like, do you like shoes? You like buying them? Uh, No, I don't ever buy shoes. I very rarely buy shoes. See, I I hate it. I hate buying clothes in general. But shoes, I have this severe hate for. And I don't know about anyone else. But my shoes always wear to where they're slanted to one side. Mm. Do you ever have that happen? And I do need to explain that you're like fairly skinny. I mean, I would call you skinny for sure, but I know you, I don't know how you would describe yourself. Uh, so it's not like we're saying like you're so overweight, you're, because some pe- overweight people that happens to their shoes as well. Um, mine doesn't wear out there. Mine wears out, um, you know, the whatever they call that little ball underneath your big toe like you know that pressure point or whatever oh, i guess yeah, i put yeah. a, i put so much pressure on that part that i wear whole literal holes in my shoe on that part so eventually oh, water will come through my shoe at that part and i'm like oh okay it's time <laughs> to get new shoes <laughs> uh so. yeah no i i don't have that problem but like like right now i've had these shoes maybe two years and like 
it's clearly a triangle. And I'm, I'm sitting here thinking that cannot be good for my posture right. to be like stepping on this angle, this, uh, 60 degree angle here. Um, I don't know. That's just my complaint. I don't, I don't know why shoes would wear like that. Like, I feel like I, I step pretty even, but apparently I don't. Right. You gotta be doing something wrong for sure. Uh, yeah. I know like powwow, he has flat feet and he'll just wear his shoes down to flat feet. Like he don't even care. He'll just bomb with the arches in them. And then like uh-huh. after a month, they're made for flat feet now. Like, you know what I mean? So people huh. mess up some shoes from time to time. I think you need to go like those machines they show you where you stand on them and it tells you what kind of insoles you need and it'll make. Like, oh yeah. Dr. Scholl's, uh, yeah, maybe that's the way I, to do it. Whatever system that is. Yeah, I, I have wide feet. I'm supposed to wear wide shoes, but since I've been an adult, I've never went out of my way to buy wide shoes except for my wedding. And actually, I don't even know if those were. They might have been. Um, Did you find that they fit better? Um, wide shoes always fit better, for sure. Um, and when I was in high school, I was supposed to wear them, but it's just more expensive and it's harder to find them. And Nikes don't make wide foot, you know? So and I was yeah. like, oh, I need cool shoes. Whereas in now, I wear... Uh, vans normally or some slip on shoe but normally i wear vans but those aren't wide foot either and so what happens is i have like this half inch that hangs off the side of my shoe and it's Mm. really painful at the end of the day i don't notice it at the beginning of the day but at the end of the day i'm like damn i need to buy some shoes that fit better but i never do um and i just wear them down like i said until there's a hole in them and then i go out and buy another pair because they're like 20 bucks hey make make snappy happy get you some crocs I know. Just let that side hang off. <laughs> I still am so dumbfounded at two things. One, he doesn't like Crocs. I just feel like he's the demographic. And that, two, he wants to like give me so much crap about it when, like, I think me and him both subscribe to we don't care what we wear. Like, me and him both yeah. wear stupid shit all the time. So I'm like, I don't see why you care so much about this Crocs scenario. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, if he likes walking around the house without shoes on, he might he might like walking outside of the house with Crocs on. That's what I say. That's what I say. It's like walking on clouds. Um, yeah. But all right, man. Uh, we'll have to try to get you on more. I, my goal has been because uh, once we're coming to 100, I've mentioned on the previous episode a little bit. I'm gonna try to change some stuff up. Basically, I'm gonna try to put a little more work into it and try to be a little more selective with my co-host. But I think like you and Pow Wow and it's like Arawadi. Uh, Petra Vita, Brad Sorex. I think all of y'all have done pretty good calling in. So I need to have more of y'all call in more often, um, you know, stuff like that. So I just got to remember to do it and schedule it. <laughs> hey, uh, you're putting a lot of work into this. I, I enjoy listening to it uh, every week. So twice oh. a week. Oh, yeah. Everybody else listen twice a week. Yeah, sometimes three times. And this week, That's right. um, after <laughs> I get done here, I'm supposed to call into another podcast this was supposed to happen once before to a different podcast, but they didn't. They never hit me up. I think this one's going to. So once I have that information, um, I'll let people know. Unless I'm really bad on it, then I'll never mention it again. <laughs> but all right, thanks, cuz. Talk to you later. All right, see ya. Peace.
Momo makes beats. 